0: What's up, everyone? It's Spencer Sue, your favorite Bay Area real estate agent. And welcome back to our channel. Welcome back to this live show. We got a lot of news to go over for this week. Let's go over some of the headline articles. Mortgage refinance demand jumps 18% as interest rates drop for the fifth straight week. These are the 10 most rent-burdened metros. Surprisingly, the Bay Area is not the top, it's not on the top of the list. And we're gonna go over where are the, the ones on the top of the list. We're next going to go over the Bay Area's largest planned development is stalled again. Will it ever be completed? We all talk about housing and want to build housing, but it's still having issues finding developer. And to be fair, there are other challenges in that area. Let's talk about it. where where is there land that's not too far out? We'll talk about that because there's a, a very big piece of land uh, that has been in discussion for many, many years and unfortunately has not panned out yet. Google Village, what's going on with Google in San Jose? Is it still going on? We will see, but there is an article that there may be some progress. So, those are the headline articles of the week, and we're going to get into it. But before we get into it, if you have been finding value in these videos, I would love to get some support. Be sure to like this video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. And based off of that, I may determine whether I'm going to keep doing these or not. To be fair, I enjoy doing these. I enjoy spending every Saturday morning with you guys to go over all the different things that are happening, go over questions live, interacting with you you guys. At the same time, there's a lot of other projects and videos that I am working on that uh, will be also very beneficial. We're going to do a lot of living in tours. So living in XYZ City, those have been very, very successful and people have found tremendous value of those. I'm also going to be doing a lot more tours of homes. I see a lot of other people doing very well with that, and I think I can do a good job with that too. So we're going to have a lot of new content, so I'm not going to leave YouTube, but we're going to have a lot of good content, but for this show, because it just doesn't feel like I'm getting too much lovers and poorers So if you want me to keep doing this, you got to be sure to hit the like button. You got to be sure to subscribe. Otherwise, maybe this may be the last one. All right, let's go over the headline articles of the week. Okay. Mortgage refinance demand jumps 18% as interest rates drop for the fifth straight week. So what is going on? So it's kind of interesting. At the end of the day, refinances are very simple. If the rates are dropping, because there are people, there are a lot of people that have still bought at a higher rate, right? Because the highest point was, let's say, November timeframe. And there were people that had to buy and the many people that did buy. So this is part of the strategy. And this is fairly normal too, where if rates keep dropping, even by half a percent, people may want to consider refinancing, especially if it's the beginning of a loan, because you're still going to be paying more interest anyway. So you might as well refinance, get a lower rate and reset the clock. Now, there are also a lot of refinances that can be done without any cost. So that's why when the rates can, can, can diminish over a specific percentage or a specific amount, people should just refinance all day, every day. Now, it does take time for paperwork, but... It's like not It's not that difficult to do. It's the same paperwork that you're going to need anyways when you had to get a loan. And so when rates drop by a decent amount, right now it's dropped by over a percent, you're going to see this refinance happen for those people that have bought a place with the rates of, let's say, 7% or whatever it may be. So that's kind of the interesting aspect of the, of the market, right? As long as the, as the rates are declining, then you're going to see more of this activity. What you're also going to see activity is is on the demand side, right? People are going to want to get back into the market. Mortgage applications did rise. So there's people that want to get back into the market because they realize, wait a second, home prices have actually dropped 20 to 30%. Rates are now lower. My job is fine. Like there's tons of people that are still working at Meta and Apple, these companies, and they're doing just fine. And they're, they're earning a lot of money and they're doing well. So they're like, all right, this is a good time for me to get in, to be able to change the lifestyle that I wanted. Right. Let me think about this. If you live in a condo and you need more space and, or you have a kid now, like you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fundamentally need more space. It's a question as a matter of when. Now you can keep trying to survive in that atmosphere as long as you can, but ultimately you're going to need more space. And so when is the right time for that? The right time for a lot of people that are going through trade-up scenarios like that are going to sell their condo eventually or buy a new place is like right now when the market is slower, right? Cause this is the easiest time to accomplish those goals. If the market is on fire, yes, you will be able to sell at a better price, but you're going to, your exchange is going to be harder because you're going to be going through a lot more competition and a lot more unknown as to when you'll get the spot get your next place. So when people do the trade-ups, this is actually a really good opportunity. Also think about this. The math wise is actually better. If the home prices have gone down by 20%, 20% of 1 million is, let's say $200,000, but 20% of 2 million is $400,000. So your trade up to move you into the next home is actually a lot less capital than if it was a rising market and you're both rising together. Does that make sense? Because the percentages are even for those large dollar amounts. Now, when you're up to the 4 million plus, it's a different category, but for for that up to $2 million, that even $3 million is it's still the same percentage declines that have occurred versus the lower of the medium of that area. So for those that are on the fence or wanting to do the trade-off, like this is a, a really good opportunity for that reason. And just do some basic math and you will see from a finance and capital perspective. And if rates do drop over time, then at that point you can refinance. And likely, as you can imagine, if rates do keep dropping, prices will also go up. So that's like how people are doing this as we speak. Make no mistake, just go to an open house, go to any open house that's new on the market. You're going to see a lot of people out there because they're, the the market has certainly came back up. And it's not just the Bay Area. It's actually all across the country. So I think a combination of rates do impact a lot of things. At the same time, you have the different um, people kind of getting back, resetting expectations. There are more homes that are coming on the market based off of just regular seasonality. So these are all impacts and things that we will continue to see. Next, these 10 metros are the most rent burdened in the U.S. New York comes in at number one. A household with a median income in New York City would have to pay nearly 69% of their income to rent the average apartment there. To not be considered rent burdened in New York, in the average price apartment, a household needs to earn 177000 or more a year. So there's a few comments up there. I mean, look at these numbers and look at some of these places, especially Florida. Florida has gone crazy because rent has skyrocketed, absolutely skyrocketed. There is no rent control. There's no cap in Florida. So it has absolutely skyrocketed. And a lot of people have moved there. But a lot of people are moving there, not really making economic sense. It used to be a place where it's, it's really inexpensive. But over the last few years, people have to reassess what areas may mean now, right? In the past, people thought Texas was inexpensive. People thought Florida was inexpensive. And then you look at these, you're like, holy cow, wait a second. The average rent is that much? I mean, New York, people what are people doing there? They're sure not saving any money. They're spending all their money on rent. They're going to go out. Obviously, everything is the lifestyle in New York. You're definitely going to be going out to socialize and party and things like that. So they are by far, there's no money that's being saved in New York. That's a very scary uh, look. Miami and uh, Florida, too, like 36%, 41% Miami. Miami, kind of a similar story, right? It's not that cheap to live in Miami. Um, And you can evidently see what the average rent can get you. But look at this. This doesn't cover like San Jose and these places. San Jose would be even less. But even San Francisco is under 30%, which is similar to Orlando. You would not compare Orlando, Tampa, like these very inexpensive housing areas. It's still at 30%. So what does this mean? What does this tell you? What well, people keep forgetting or don't realize is at the end of the day, a lot of this has to do with what is the job opportunity and what is the income that one will generate in being in this area? You can see these numbers, even as a percentage, to be fair, you are also hopefully saving a lot of money by being here too, because you have a big spread of the amount of income that you earn. So it's very, very interesting when you see this numbers, but it's the reality. It's, it's what I've been saying for a long time in the Bay Area. Yes, housing is expensive. Yes, rent is expensive. Yes, or no, you never shared anything about your income and how much people make here. There are a lot of people that earn a lot of money here on average. And so that's kind of a, a, a very, it's not reported too much because nobody likes to brag and share about the income and that's fair, but it's also important to have perspective, right? What is the overall perspective of things? Now, if you can have the Bay Area salary and you choose to want to live in Texas or Florida, these low-cost areas, then then more power to you if you want to survive the politics there, the weather there, and just the lifestyle there. And so some people do make that decision. Others realize, like, wait a second, it's actually not nearly as bad as all this media keeps spewing. So that's getting an idea, like, what is actually happening. These are all public information, right? You don't see these being shared too often, but this is the reality. You now, some of these other areas, yeah, I don't know how people are going to be saving any money uh, in these places at all, especially the lifestyle. There is way more expenditures than what we have in the Bay Area. All right, let's talk about this. Bay Area's largest planned housing development is stalled again. Will it ever be completed? What is this place? Did you know on paper, there is a Concord Naval Weapons Station, 2,225 acre. It lays out a city within a city, 15,000 housing units, a college campus, libraries, schools, and even office space to accommodate 30,000 workers. Its park system will be two and a half times the size of San Francisco's Golden Gate Park. Its affordable housing can can house 4,000 people. And because it's on a bar station, the area is transit-friendly. It's actually very walkable. The issue, they still can't get a deal done. They can't get... They can't get uh the project moving forward the developers don't just they can't find a big developer i mean lenar is one of the largest developers uh, in the country i have different things to say about lenar very cheap people to be fair um but ultimately they they have also parted ways and not decided to do it so and if they're not going to do it and they're one of the largest developers it'll be interesting to see if this ultimately does play out or maybe they slice it up Maybe they slice it up by, say, by saying, okay, a developer can do this part, go over to this other part. We'll see. If you take, if you think about the um, Communications Hills development, the one in San Jose, that was also a very, very large, that was probably one of the largest projects ever done. And that was also a very large piece of dirt and just a mound on the top of a hill. The difference is that it was actually an a group of owners that actually own it that had a very long-term vision of what it can be and worked quite frankly relatively well with the city to go through that development by the end of that project we're probably looking at maybe i want to say like eight thousand nine thousand homes because of that community right and um and it certainly has played out very well for everyone for the city for the developers for people right and um so it is possible but it the politics has to be involved the, the owners of it have to be in the same page to be able to have the long-term vision because this is going to be a, a long project. I think about communications hill. is healed. It started like basically in the, I want to say in the 90s. So that was like a, so far, almost like a 30-year project. And it's not even halfway done. It's, I mean, it's halfway done now, but it's a 30-year project that went through multiple developers. And so I suspect that it should be something similar for that. And so where is this? So for those of you who knew Concord, maybe you've never been to Concord, so it's this area here, like this whole plot is what we're talking about, right? So it's right next to the BART station, so it's super convenient. It has all this empty land here, like there's nothing developed here, right? And so it's just a really interesting spot. Now, the difference, though, to be fair, is the the value of the homes here are not going to be nearly as high as what you're going to have in San Jose because, San Jose is a more expensive city. So there is that challenge naturally. Um, So that's part of the reason why developers are a little bit wary. The other big reason that's different between this plot of land versus the one in Communications Hills is this was a Navy base. And as you may have seen, a lot of these naval stations and naval bases had to go through a lot of issues and a lot of cleanup. Because of like super fun sites and things like that, take a look at several of them. Look at the Alameda one. Over time, they had to fix that. Look at the one in um, uh, was it Hunters Point? The one in San Francisco that's been going through issues for a long time. Those are both like naval stations and naval sites, and so there is that unknown and that risk too, because they're not going to go through all this all this work to try to figure out what the what you can do on that space until they can get a deal done. But there is a risk of unknown. Like, okay, what is underneath all of this? Like is the soil contaminated? How do we actually get all these fumes out and this contamination out? So there's a lot more risk, as you can see, with it. And so that's where like there's a, a big discrepancy. So it's a shame because it's it's certainly a huge piece of dirt um that is needed to be able to do some housing. I don't think it's going to be able to do as much as um It's not going to sell as high as San Jose, but we need more housing. And that's certainly a very viable spot that can be a really a city within a city, as they have mentioned. So it gives you an idea. So let's take a look at this. Silicon Valley developer vows hunger strike until death if city won't let him build. So this is kind of part of the reason. Now, how much is this political? How much is it not? I mean, there's a lot of things that you can look behind the scenes on this. So Navneet Aeron with Aeron Builders, so they actually do... Uh, several, Aaron developers, they actually do quite a bit. They're not like, they're not actually new uh, developers, but they're not like big developers. They do like project by project. He has a project going on in Sunnyvale for 18 townhomes. Now, the issue that come up, that came up is he forgot, either forgot or didn't do one of the proper steps to get approval from the health association. And the issue that is now everything is on hold and a delay. Because think about this, and think about this. If you are a business owner, imagine if you were running a restaurant, and you were running a restaurant, you were getting it ready to go, and all of a sudden, some you either forgot or you didn't get approval for some some such from a stamp or something that needed you to keep resuming. But you had all these employees, you had the cost of rent, you have your cost of materials, you have your own livelihood. All of that gets stopped indefinitely until pretty much indefinitely because you don't even really know how long it takes for them to get it approved. Now, on one end, you can be like, is it the fault of the developer that they should have knew everything or is it the fault of the city? Why is this so bureaucratic? Can they do anything about it? It kind of should be both, right? On one end, like people should be able to know about should be following the proper steps, but at the same time. If you were like a developer in Sunnyvale and then you are a developer in Santa Clara and a developer in Palo Alto, they will all have their own different processes. And so unless you were happen to be an experienced developer, which you would have only been an experienced developer because you developed something there. It's kind of the chicken and egg problem. The penalty shouldn't be this severe to really halt people from doing this. Because what does this do then? This not just obviously impacts their livelihood and their crew and how much they're, quite frankly, they're spending, it brings up the cost of everything too, right? It brings up the cost of that home because they will want to re- try to recruit more of it. So they may not be as open to price changes if versus if they had a lower cost basis. So it all kind of boils up together, right, to uh, impact owners. But more importantly, it also discourages other developers, because when other developers see these things or hear about it they're going to factor a bigger margin to be able to want to do projects and when you're factoring too big of a margin then people may just not want to do any projects and then you just don't get anything done right the fact that somebody's actually developing 18 units in Sunnyvale is very very difficult and very very rare so there should be there should be some Positive reinforcement to really encourage that if that was the plan from the city. But if it's not and they don't want to actually build, then they can just keep holding this off to to almost like scare off other people to not want to do this. So it's like a really interesting problem. And it's something that's been going on for some time. Just the cost, the overhead. And when people talk about bureaucracy, they talk about these things, right? It's like, okay, you made a mistake. Now, what do you do? Oh, now you got to wait maybe months or TBD. But how do, you, how do you expect to run a business that way, right? Like imagine all your crew was working and you have your crew. So you pay your crew an X amount to stay on your job site. But then if it's not working anymore, then the crew goes somewhere else. And then how long will it take for them to come back? So there's like so many more unknowns. And then they're also, it's not, they're not owning this for free. There's a, most of these are using some sort of loan, construction loan, things like that. So it's a very big monthly payment that they're dealing with. So it kind of just boils down. And then, you know, based on this experience, who knows if this developer that was willing to take the bold steps to do this will want to do this again because of this very bad experience. All of these things kind of add up. All right, let's 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 wrap up with a few more uh, headquarters news or corporate campus news. Google San Jose Village still remains a go. There's certainly a lot of discussion. How will Google get impacted by OpenAI and Microsoft? How will the, the layoffs impact this? Uh, Will they keep going with the project? The answer is yes. They're going to keep moving forward, which is good signs. They're they're continuing to to continue to demolish the buildings that they have for developments. They're going to start building and adding more. They say they're going to employ up to twenty five thousand people at Downtown West. So we will see certainly how this plays out. They got bigger problems to deal with, which is Chat GPT. Next, last but not least, Apple leases big Sunnyvale building as tech titan widens footprint. You're going to keep hearing this over and over. Companies like Apple, they still have been growing. They haven't been growing as quick, so that's why they haven't had to really lay anybody off. But look at their books. When a, a company like Apple that is very lean and they're still expanding, it gives you an idea of how they're thinking. Of like, They're still growing. They're still making a lot of money. They're still expanding and they need more office space. They require people to be back in the office at least three days a week. So you can see like they're going to continue to expand and most of their offices are already full. And so they add another 150,000 square foot of office space. This is part of a three building campus that's owned by Kilroy Royalty. Uh, they did take over uh, the LinkedIn space. So as LinkedIn has actually shrunk some of their office space, which is interesting because LinkedIn also have built new, new buildings. Uh, they probably have moved from some of their older buildings to the new, to those other ones. Apple has been glad to take that space over. All right. Well, that's those are the headline articles of the week. Of course, as I mentioned, not of course. But if you found value in this, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, show your support, because uh, I may be changing the content that I'm having here. Uh, we may do a lot more tours, a lot more vlogging style, living in the in the city styles types of videos. And if you want, let me let me share this with you. If you want to get in touch and talk about your real estate goals, if you plan to make any moves this year, whether to buy, sell, or invest, call or text me at 408-547-4590. My contact details are below. I'd love to have a conversation to go over a game plan. Things are starting to get busy, and you need a game plan to be able to help execute and navigate through these really interesting waters. I'll see you at the next one. Bye now.